This is Chad, Zach's friend, um, checking in on this 100th episode. I'm really proud to have been a part of Knifey Lion Radio for all this time. Can't say it's always been easy, especially for me. I sometimes will look at my phone after a game and there will be 60 or maybe even 70 missed notifications. And I have to go to the text app and open it um, just so that they're not on my screen anymore. Um, I've also had to deal with some of the notoriety that's come along with it, which has been an adjustment for sure. Uh, I've had friends um, that didn't even know that I, Chad, was Zach's friend, Chad. And uh, it really took them by surprise. At my new job, I've had coworkers constantly ask me, you know, how the podcast is going. And overall, I mean, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Thanks to all the fans. And um, I'll just try to keep doing what I'm doing. Thank you. What's up, world? For the hundredth time, it's your boy, Swear for my, and for the hundredth time, we are back for episode one hundred of Knifey Lion Radio. Ooh, baby, we are the gift. My name is Jonah, tour guide for a hundred episode deep podcast. What have you done with your life? Joining me today, probably for the 91st time or so, it's the indoor instigator with that hundredth episode flavor, Zach. Good day. Absolutely. Also joining us for probably the 72nd time at most, but he's there when it counts. It's hot tub shop club man of the night, (laughs) Nick from soccer. Greetings, friends. Wow. Today, we will spend five minutes talking about Tuesday's Game of Shame in a segment I'm calling Forget It Ever Happened. happened. Fittingly, for episode 100, we'll talk about Hell is Real. (laughs) I should have done a voice there. Hell is Real. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Of course, we'll throw in some FCC headlines. Headlines. Although, movies were a big hit. Unless, Nick, did you do movies? Uh, I do have one movie, but it wasn't my idea, but I'm going to pass it on. No, 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 no. <laughs> we did too many of years last week. You kept giving them to me and Zach, unfortunately. Uh, all our ones that failed. We'll pick our FCC Man. of the week. Kevin's here. I got to tell him with a special 100th episode edition of Kevin's And then a very special... 100th episode edition of everything is Popery. Folks, no sponsor this week, but we've had some doozies. Dozens of banks, Speedway, UDF, technology service solutions companies, Devereaux, Surf Cincinnati, Vertigo, the list goes on and on. For all of our corporate supporters, thanks for coming along on this journey. For the rest of you, for the 100th time, although I forgot a couple, welcome inside. The John Harks Cave, Cave of Wonders. A subdued episode 100, if I'm being honest. Subdued had big plans, one of them being the Liz interview, which I released early. At the end of the day, our best gift is the truest versions of ourselves. Isn't that right, Nick? That is absolutely correct. Zach, I got a question. Okay. Do we do this for us, or do we do this for them? Oh, I feel like I do it for you at this point. Nick? Nick. <laughs> 
Top that. I do it for everybody. Yes. I do it for my kids. I let them listen to every episode after we get done recording it, or actually after you release it, and uh, the smiles that, that just grow on their faces, that's why I do it. I imagine you playing them, the version you record on your phone that's just your track, like, Daddy, you're a star. <laughs> <laughs> why do you do this podcast alone? And you're like, folks, did, I do did, it for you. Did they, did they, did they tell you that? <laughs> They talk on the cell phone with my kids. Did you know they had phones? Um, what else? Oh yeah, raffle. raffle. The raffle was a huge success. Live stream is not well viewed, but the raffle was well supported. Congrats to uh, the guy. <laughs> I'm not gonna look it up. I know your name, Brian Giles. Brian Giles. I could have thought of that. Uh, you won yourself a fantastic portrait, and uh, Austin Ashby. You won yourself a fantastic shirt. Oh, what a journey. What a journey indeed. Uh, for everyone who participated in the raffle, I was going to say you're the real winners, but <laughs> you're not actually. I'm the real winner, but uh, God bless all of you. Um, somebody breathe. Somebody has a thought about the raffle. Get it off your chest. Nick's breathing pretty Nick, hard. what the fuck did you say about my <laughs> pretty raffle? Pretty constantly. <laughs> Can you hear it? Really? Yes. Everybody. I knew I should, I should not have run that mile before I did this. Um, are, are you in the bathroom? How, how did how'd you know? <laughs> No, I'm at my table in my uh, kitchen, or my living room, rather. I don't have a table in my kitchen. Uh, I don't know. Am I bre- I don't know why I'm breathing Your heavily. phone, Michael, sound different. You know, it's always like me hearing the cat, and then I get Zach's recording, and <laughs> there's no cat. So don't worry about it. Nick, I know you said you had one movie, but do you have any uh, Idaho potatoes for us this week? Just trying to wet the palate of the, the audience. Oh, I got some just phenomenal publications <laughs> I'm going to be coming up with you guys with, so buckle up, folks. At this point, you're almost more famous for the paper that you discover than you are the headlines you discover. Hey, you have to, you have to utilize your strengths. <laughs> you find your lane and you just... The fact that we, that we have a, a category of headlines called Nick Headlines, <laughs> that probably means that's not my strength. Or the opposite. It's hard to tell. <laughs> God, I didn't even like write an intro for this, but let's, you know what? Five minutes seems like a little too much for that last game. I'm going to give it a solid two minutes. Let's talk about FCC at Chicago breaking in the new Soldier Field. And I'll tell you what, it was like the first guys in D-Day at this Soldier Field. <laughs> I don't know. That's what happens when I don't write it down. Zach, um, hey, what's up? I was like one of those, I mentioned, I think I had said it in a, in a, in a text, where you're reading a book and then like after five pages you realize you haven't really remembered a word that you've read. Your eyes are just glazing over it. That's how I felt watching this game after 90 <clears> minutes. <throat> I couldn't tell you much of what happened besides those early goals. A game did exist, but was there anything memorable besides the fact mm. we got beat down? No, it was exactly like, yeah, it's like you're driving to work and all of a sudden you've already crossed the bridge and you have no recollection of driving there. And you open your eyes. <laughs> How like, did oh. I surprise? Huh. Nick, what was your, <laughs> what was your big takeaway <laughs> from uh, one of the most boring beatdowns I can remember watching in a long time? Yeah, so in psychology there's a term called motivated forgetting where because something sucks so bad or something you don't want to think about that you basically suppress it so that you just completely forget about it. So there wasn't a whole <laughs> lot that I retained from that performance, but I will say that the, the Fire's goals were, pr- the first two goals were pretty incredible. Uh, that, that touch that he scored, uh, that long ball that was served in, um, where he was kind of like, we weren't sure if he was offsides or not, that was a wonderful finish. And not to mention the second goal, 
where he just kind of put a screamer right there near the post past TT. So I do remember their two goals being phenomenal and, and thinking, yeah, this this game's fucking over. But I think my big takeaway was was Frankie and how how much passion he had in a game that looked like they were never going to win. Um, and he just he went down fighting at the end, telling people to fuck off and all. So that was uh, that was my big takeaway. Is that Fra- Frankie's got some real heart for this team. <laughs> um, it's the small victories, I guess. Also. I remember how excited I was. I was like, Cruz is starting. Look out, world. <laughs> We're coming for you. <laughs> uh, well, Cuba was way. coming for him. So <laughs> That's true. These guys, they're so tough. They're killing each other. And I also remember that first goal, our boy Tommy G, not his finest moment. Seemed, I don't know what he was watching. He was like, Chicago Fire players are celebrating. Oh, appara- oh there's been a goal. Like It wasn't like... <laughs> it wasn't like last night where uh, the ball was in the side netting and he uh, orgasmed. But this was like, hey, come on, bro. And then the next goal, the guy does the VAR thing and he's like, just sleepwalking through. We're like, what do you think the TV screen means, bro? What else could it be? And somebody pointed that out when I, I had a tweet about the broadcast and somebody said, how does a how does a professional broadcaster not know what that means? And uh, Tommy G replied, thanks question mark or something <laughs> Tommy you don't want to read the replies bro you're not gonna like what you see uh Zach anything else before we move on to last night no I wouldn't mind we could keep hating on Tommy G for a while <laughs> right uh he didn't mention anything about the booth situation I think they were trying to avoid the fact that they were not in the same city as the game so pointing out the fact that they were not separated wouldn't have been Although Nick was waiting for it. He was on the edge of his seat. Tell me how you were separated. <laughs> Eight mile. Uh, but I, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, go like, ahead. Like, <laughs> so as you mentioned last <laughs> podcast that the movie thing that we were doing, you and Zach have done that historically over the years. And you guys have come up with some hilarious ones, in, in, including using Eight Mile. Uh, but that was probably the worst usage of eight mile <laughs> that has ever been <laughs> implemented into that game. So I apologize to everybody for having to listen to that. Uh, I enjoyed it. Eli, what are your thoughts on the game? <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> I heard a, a small audible whisper. I heard the belt coming off is what I heard. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I continue? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine. Just don't let them hear my headlines. Oh, baby! Also, before we get into the Hell's Real game, do we want to mix the headlines throughout or make headlines its own special soup? (laughs) (laughs) I like mixing them up, but that's harder for you, so whatever you want to do. All right, let's do... You're going to love this name. The Hell is Real Cap! Huh? Have you ever... Apparently not. FCC! Hell is real. Oh, it's happening again at Nippert Stadium. Would it be any better than our 4 0? It was 4, right? Absolute thrashing in the MLS's back tournament. It had to be better. It had to be. And Yop Stom came out with a little bit of a wild headline. And the man holding down the fort almost entirely, whole team on his back, was going to be Frankie Amaya. Because who wasn't out there? Cruz, Harris, father of Benjamin, Madunianin, Caleb Stanko. Not a lot of defensive midfield heavy hitters out there. Nick, you saw that wild, wild starting lineup. And what was going through your 100th episode mind? Well, the first thought I had was that we looked like we were equipping our, our starting lineup with as many offensive weapons as possible. You know, and even the way that they came out and played, you could tell that they were coming out with the intent of being an offensive threat to the best of our ability. And I, I mean, my thought is we're trying to get a goal or two and then probably going to 
transition back to a more defensive mindset where, you know, you could call it bunker ball or whatever you want to call it, but having a very <clears throat> strong defensive formation to protect a lead. So uh, I believe that's what they were trying to do. And I mean, I was, I was pumped. I liked, I liked coming out with, uh, with this go for the throat type of mentality. So yeah, I was ready. I was ready to, to see no goals start pouring in. And you were right. I would say the first, <laughs> I feel like a broken record, but the first half of the first half, we didn't seem too bunkered in, and I was like, oh, we're, we're going to try to play. And uh, it didn't end up really working out like that. But uh, uh, I thought the tone was set early. We got a few early yellow cards. Zach, you texted me about who's going to get the first red card. We avoided it. No red cards for us. But uh, what'd you see out there early on, huh? Huh? What? You, what? Huh? Mm. <laughs> I don't have timestamps on anything, but I do. Um, Columbus's best chances were all early in that first half weren't they um i know there was yeah. one deong didn't shut down whoever whipped that cross in down the right side and uh giazzi got a head on it over deplon um yeah but speaking of yellows there was a uh there's a headline about that okay this is in the uh, orlando chatterbox local yoke <laughs> <laughs> local yokel who found his way into broadcast booth calls first half officiating consistent <laughs> Uh, that's not the only headline related to the refereeing that I saw. This is from, oh baby, New York Times. You guys see this? This is, I think, Maggie Haberman wrote this one. The P tape is real. Stom, <laughs> Stom sees red while FCC is showered in yellows. Refs trump both teams in shock victory. Drunk Freaky Hadek screams, "I'm with her!" As popular vote winner Steck shrugs off the true jump shipper. <laughs> I had to take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> Refs trump both teams. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, uh, Nick, did well, you, did you yeah, love the weird. consistent it's, referee? You guys are finding all these uh, articles regarding the uh, yellow cards because I came across one in the uh, Mississippi Rumblings Weekly. Uh, and it's uh, <laughs> FCC crew derby ref gives emotional Black Lives Matter speech to the black FCC players before administering yellow cards to each. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure if I enjoyed it because it's a Nick headline or I just enjoyed it on its face. (laughs) Either way, Nick, you got me. Um, Before I get into my next headline, another big part of the first half was our boy, Jassy Zardis, desperate for a penalty attempt. Uh, Caleb Porter, also desperate. Did any of those look like penalties to either of you? Because for me, he was was selling it a little too hard. He he, he was, but there was one, uh, there's a headline in the South Dakota Ripota. G. Uh, <laughs> Softy Zardes goes down in box from the slightest breeze, plus a hard two-handed shove directly in the chest from <laughs> Dutch hardman Vanderwerf. Uh, that was pretty fantastic. I like that uh, V Dubs was immediately like so irate about it. I was like, "Well, you did do it to hand shove him." Yeah, I got. I mean, I gotta say, I think Zardes hurt his own case by flopping. From that Deplon one, but Vanderwerf, that was, he shoved, he shoved him straight to the ground. That one, that's a clear pen. Uh, but. We'll backtrack again. I'm skipping ahead, then I'll go back. But Frankie also had, in one of his runs in the box, uh, a, a penalty shout. And on the replay, it looked like he definitely, to me, tripped over his own feet. But on that same replay, uh, McCloskey was like, oh, it looks like a clear penalty to me, Tom. <laughs> I was like, well, geez, what are we watching? Uh, Nick, do you see that? And uh, do you? Yeah, I did see that. And I had the same interpretation that you did, where at first I thought uh, that didn't look like anything to me. But I think there was a little bit of 
a contact with with Frankie's foot as he was moving forward. I, I mean, I don't think it was a clear penalty at all. It looked pretty much accidental all the way around. But but I don't want to miss out on this headline about uh, Jossie uh, in the diving. And it is from the, Cal- the Calhoun Tribune. And it says... Uh, Nippert Field crew member, this is from this morning, by the way, I yeah. should clarify that. <laughs> Nippert Field crew member breaks leg after tripping in Jossie-sized divot. <laughs> oh. That's a quintessential Nick headline. There, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of those out there in the uh, field turf. There's also one, this was in Guitar World magazine, which is weird to do in SEC now. <laughs> Mike Patton cheers on epic first half as Zardis does best dying goldfish impersonation. You guys know? I can hear the piano playing. <laughs> Absolutely. Caleb Porter really giving it to the referee, and then his assistants were warned by the ref. Um, I'll tell you what, maybe I'd be a fan of him if he was my manager, but I don't like this Caleb Porter fellow. Zach, where do you stand on not our manager, Caleb Porter? Yeah, I think uh, he might think his shit don't stink walking around with that suit on jibber-jabbering all game. <laughs> Not a fan. No, and in fact, there was a headline about him in the Cleveland Plain Dealer. <clears throat> thanks, but no thanks. Akron's athletic dir- director hangs up on goalless suit baby Porter after Caleb calls begging for old job back. Thanks, but no <laughs> thanks. <laughs> uh, I think I'll, let's just get these out of the way. There's also one uh, in the Akron Examiner. This one had to hit close to home. Because he lived there for so long. Call me a Merlot drinking dog. Whiny little bitch Caleb Porter objects to new nickname. (laughs) Oh, not that kind of whiny. First half comes and goes, though. Not a lot of offensive fireworks from FCC, Nick. Anything you remember? Did Joe Jow have any of his Joe Jow moments in the first half? It all blends together. Yeah, it does. I mean, there wasn't anything that stuck out to me in terms of, like, offensive moments, but... The thing I was really looking at more was was our possession and the fact that we weren't having to have all of our uh, our back line just kind of concentrated in the back and providing some type of fortress like we have done in the past. And we, like like you said, we were just playing and utilizing space and making or transitioning the ball up the field. So I took away a positive first half from 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 our performance. Um, the one scary moment was when they had the the crew had a little bit of like a breakaway. And he tried to chip TT and it went wide. Um, I thought for sure that was going to be a goal. Oh, um, yeah. That's it just looked like that was probably one of the uh, the the most noticeable points of failure for us <laughs> in the first half. But other than that, I, I take away uh, positive from that first half. Yeah, I think any time they weren't on a break or after a turnover, I was not, after the first few minutes, not too concerned. I think we got our base defense down pretty solidly. It's everything else that needs a little more work, like when we get on offense and we, we're a little too slow or not making the right balls. But speaking <clears> of not making the right balls, Zach, we got to talk to you first before Nick just tries to save the day. Andrew Gutman overall with a good game, but this, the parts that will stick in my mind breaks down the he line. <laughs> People streaking in the box finally, which was all too rare in this game. And he tries to send a cross in and send a cross in. He does. Talk to me about <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> there was a headline from the uh, Dayton Warbird. Oh, MLS investigating Andrew Gutman after noticing a flood of bets for the over on five balls crossed into upper deck. <laughs> People can't stop talking about it. Uh, there was another one from the f- Nick because the fix was in. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks. This was from the Glasgow Gazette. Nick, did you read this one? I know you're a subscriber. I did. Oh, then you're going to remind us. Yeah, I'll remind you. Prima Nocta. Celtic fans feel past life flashback as Gutman channels their former British overlord with each and every long shank. <laughs> that long shank. <laughs> miserable guy. Absolutely miserable. Oh, Nick, did you see that one? I did. I did. I, uh, I cried when I read it. Nick Gutman. Talk to me about the good in Gutman because I'll give you all the bad. <laughs> Well, you know, Gutman's looked a little bit different since the MLS's back <clears throat> tournament. Um, I, it, it seems like he, like I said, the first game out of the out of the gates, he wasn't handling pressure very well, and I and I think in this game as well, he wasn't uh, able to to really uh, handle the pressure that they were applying on our defensive third. But I don't know. I just think he, uh, you know, Gutman does bring some spark to the game. Whoa! <laughs> I, I think that. <laughs> I think that pretty much signifies. Okay, there you go. All right, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Point taken. I get the point. Yeah, there's nothing really to say other than Gutman didn't look as impressive as he has back or back in the MLS's back tournament, and there was a lot of uh, just unsatisfactory moments with him. He wasn't really producing anything, and like I said the other week, his defense could be great, but I can't. I think of him as like more of a offensive defender so uh everything's painted with those colored glasses but there was one more headline about him that i had seen this was from the jerusalem gazette resurrected in istanbul biblical gutman changes course of history with horribly misplaced cross (laughs) (laughs) we're talking about the bible folks (laughs) Anybody else with any Gutman thoughts, or dare I say, headlines? <laughs> it sounds no, like a no. no. Uh, how about the quiet half from our superstar, Jurgen? Nick, is this a case of no one's there to get him the right ball, or a case of Jurgen malaise? Well, I think what you said <clears throat> about not being able to have someone link up with him is probably true. I mean, if you think about most of the time, Lakati gets a ball. It's from a long ball played out to like this to like the the flank, and he's trying to get possession and let the rest of the team get up and trying to make something happen. It's very, it seems very rarely that he's getting a ball from build-up play through our midfield and he's able to hold possession and you know kind of scatter the ball around so that we can create an opportunity. I mean, that's, that's the thing I think is very frustrating when you get a, a striker of his caliber coming in to a team when the only type of balls that they can get to him are these these long passes to him out in some space where there's no one else around for him to link off of. Um, he definitely had some moments in the second half, which we'll get to, where I think he was linking up a little bit better. Um, but it just felt like the first half he was a man on an island. Yeah, he's pretty good most of the time at bringing the ball down like off his chest and stuff. But most of the time there was nobody there to give that ball to and nobody got up there, especially the first 75% of the game. So I can't be too mad at him. There was also a play late in the second half where it was probably Joe Jow making a run down the, the wing, the wing, the wing, and him and Kubo were racing towards the middle, and Kubo looked twice. I don't know if Loco was holding up his run, but Kubo was just like amazingly faster than him. I was like, I did not see that coming. But there was one headline about uh, Jurgen Lakadia. This was from the Kentucky Plain Dealer. You guys read that one? Just happy to be here. League changes Loco's official title to designated presence. Did you guys <laughs> see that one? 
Zach, Loka, big bust or just enough? No, I think he's all right. I, I mean. So you blame the team. Yeah, I do, especially in that first half. I thought, like, all right, so Frankie is our, like, deepest-sitting midfielder. He didn't really link the back line to, like, create offensive movement or anything like that. I thought he kept playing the wrong ball. He was going backwards very often. I thought DeYoung kept having heavy touches. I didn't think he was really making much happen. Regaton was having heavy touches. Every time he tried to take on a player, he was losing it. Kubo was not styling on anybody. Um so I don't really blame Loka for much. Um, I think second half, he kind of took matters more into his own hands, and he kept coming back deeper and deeper and deeper, playing some one-twos with Joe Jow pretty often. Uh, you can't say that he's not one of the better players on the field because him and Joe Jow together were like one of the only <coughs> bright spots. Yeah, and to, to the defense of some of those players that were having heavy touches, you have to take in consideration that they did have to drive like 15 or 20 minutes to the stadium <laughs> to play last night, so... I thought you were going to make a, an actual point about them having to play like more defense, so they're tired from defense. <laughs> I like your angle better. Uh, the sad part about Frankie, you could tell he would uh, took on the role of like, I am the defensive, like I got to protect the defense. And he was not doing anything offensively for the most part. And then finally, late in the second half, he had those two runs where he just like booked it straight into the box and they seemed extremely troubling for the Columbus defense. I was like, wow, I could have used six more of these because it looked like what he did would have been there all night just like turning yeah and going into the box yeah. so hopefully they see that and they're like or he's got cover so he could do that a few more times because that would look like he only did it twice but that looked like one of our best routes to yeah. possibly actually score i mean a goal. i could be wrong but maybe that's coupled with the fact that madunian came in and then that freed up frankie um <clears throat> there is a headline from the rhode island mockingbird yes this is uh I guess this is about when Harris comes in. Freshly faded, Harris Madunianen back on the DL with pink eye after an angry Vanderwerf farted on his pillow following free kick bust up. <laughs> is that our second pillow fart headline we've had? Is it? I don't know. Why am I? It rings a bell for some reason. <laughs> if not, that's a bizarre thing for me to remember. Um, that's not the only one that combined him. Um, this was from the LA Post. I practice with Frankie. New Dad Harris thanks Amaya for weeks of baby prep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think uh, you're, we're mentioning Sam DeYoung. He has, you could tell he's talented. He'll do a few moves where I'm like, okay, yeah, this is why people know who you are. But for the most part, for too often, he's kind of a zero out there. And, uh, He's not he's not doing anything that I know Cruz was just part of that three nothing debacle, but he's not doing anything out there that makes me think he should be the one starting over uh, Alan Cruz. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong, Nick? No, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I think what Zach said is <clears throat> definitely true last night and definitely true against the Chicago Fire, where he he does seem to a little like have some sluggish touches out there, like when he when he first gets a ball, um, a little like a lot of heavy touches. Um, granted, I honestly, there was a couple moments where he had a little bit of quality in the second half, especially that free kick, which was a, it was a nicely hit free kick. Um, you know, I was obviously within the, the goalkeeper's realm of being able to save it, but, um, really nice hit, good pace on it. I was pretty impressed with that. And he had a couple, uh, a couple balls he played towards the end of the second half that were, 
were really freeing up some of our offensive players, and uh, it was almost like he was kind of coming to life a little bit. But yeah, it almost seemed like him and Frankie it was they could have considered a switch there where Dijon would, would take more of a defensive role and Frankie more of an offensive role. As you mentioned, he was making a lot of dangerous uh, runs into the box and playing some uh, pretty threatening balls. So um, I don't know. I don't know what, what Sam's issue is, but if he can clean up his touches and play with a little bit more urgency, I, I think he could be the player we, we thought he was going to be. Our closest, uh, probably our closest chance to scoring was when he took that low free kick and I think it was off one of their players and the goalie had to make a save he hit it pretty cleanly and of course uh, Pat Brennan's tweet was uh, a softly hit pre- free kick I was like <laughs> no he <laughs> fucking blasted yeah, he, that he thing he crushed it he I, did I exactly replied, what he uh, wanted to do and then exactly what he wanted <clears throat> to happen happened you wanted deflection to go anywhere catch him off guard yeah, I, said, Pat Brennan, I said soft you know. as a brick um, but I, I don't know if you guys saw this headline. This was from the the Joburg Joker. That's in Johannesburg. I don't know if you guys subscribe to that. I would bet my life on it. Controversial Oscar Pistorius challenges Sim DeYoung to foot race. <laughs> Zach, he's got no legs. <laughs> you haven't heard about Oscar Pistorius in a while. Since he murdered his girlfriend, I guess. Yes. Uh, it was, uh, <laughs> I said it was con- an accident. It was an accident. <laughs> I said controversial. Uh, there was a scary moment, only heightened by Tommy, when uh, the crew looked like they had pulled one ahead, but it was a side netting goal. Uh, Nick, did you know it was side netting? And did, did, did no, Tommy- <laughs> I absolutely did not. I, was, uh, I had that horrible downer feeling in my <clears throat> chest when I saw it because it did look like from the angle that it went in. And uh, I was in the middle of, I was having a conversation with somebody. And as soon as that happened, I thought, I don't even want to fucking be in a conversation with you anymore. I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> pissed off about this. But so um, yeah, I was, I was surprised when they went, when they went to, the, uh, to, the, to the review of it and seeing that it hit the side net. It looked like it went in on first glance. So, wow. There was a, a head- crisis, crisis averted. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There was a headline about it from, uh, <laughs> from Yahoo News. A goal unlike any goal I've ever seen, a confused Tommy G proclaims two days after ball hit the side netting. Zach, (laughs) Uh, five seconds after the goal, as the club's crew fans are not celebrating and walking around sadly, Tommy G still could not believe (laughs) the goal he just saw. I think uh, Tommy G and Nick might... (laughs) <laughs> I've been on like a class about were you talking to cues. were you talking to Tommy G Nick be honest, about nonverbal cues and uh, reading body language so. Tommy G is yeah. on the sports spectrum Did you, it looks like it, it looked like I was I was looking at the ball and uh, I, we had horrible audio so I wasn't really hearing anything I, I watched it on a projector screen folks okay so like I said I was in the middle of a conversation but you know it took me a couple seconds but I, I realized what was going on. Uh, speaking of Joe Jow, we could talk about him after this. Let's lead the way. Uh, first, though, with this headline from uh, uh, the San Jose Sandusky, poorly named paper. Paging Elon, a desperate Jared Nykamp, pleads to Madman Musk for 10 Joe Jow clones, ends up with a donkey with a laptop duct taped to its skull. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, do you see that Neuronet pig? Elon's out of control. Uh, speaking of Joe Jow's best friend, Fatai Lache, there was a uh, <laughs> there's a headline in the Billings, Montana Gazette. Love it. Um, you're familiar with that, Joe. Yeah, I, yeah um, of course. Concussed nice guy, Fatai Lache, returns to the locker room to find the word Judas painted across his locker <laughs> and what appears to be blood. A red-handed Frankie Amaya refused to comment. 
<laughs> I didn't I didn't see that coming from Frankie. Uh, I'll tell you what, not based on their skills or anything, but having three ex-FCC players out there, it just felt like a goal waiting to happen with like a three-player link-up. And uh, it never really got too close to happening. So maybe there's a reason none of them are good enough for our, as Zach would say, historically awful team. <laughs> I'm not, I shouldn't be too concerned over three guys who didn't have much impact on our uh, awful team. But Nick... Joe Zhao, again, the hero we need. He had a few, as we said, link-ups with Loka. He had one, like, a backheel, a blind backheel that went to Loka. The man, I don't care who you sign, you can't get rid of Joe Zhao, can you? You simply can't. Nick. No, he's looked extremely <clears throat> impressive. Uh, some of those little link-ups and build-ups he had in the second half, especially with Loka, were... They were really a pleasure to watch, to be honest. Uh, he's just shining. He's shining under this system with this coach. And, uh, you know, I definitely don't get a vibe that he needs to be at right back, like some people suggest. Um, I definitely have this uh, outlook that he's bringing, he is the man that is bringing the spark to our offense right now. He is our best 1v1 player. And he, for whatever reason, wasn't able to shine for the entire time that we've had him on the team until now. So I guess it's a testament to the type of uh, strategy and, and uh, field play that, that Stam wants because, uh, man, he's, he's fucking tearing it up. He looks extremely dangerous. Yeah, I agree. And I think you just work around him. I think you give him the least amount of defensive responsibility as possible. Don't give him more. He's making his man miss or just t- dropping his shoulder and beating his man. Unfortunately, there was never really anybody up. I don't know if it's because of the way we're set up. Nobody up there to really work with until the second half when he had those few times with. Uh, but even Jürgen. even then, he's earning free kicks left and right all over the field. Yeah, yeah. Joe well, Jow. Kubo had a quiet game. He did win a couple free kicks right outside the box. I think he might have won the one that led to Sims on target goal. He know. had a good chance in the second half also, which I think was like a half <clears throat> deflection when that tackle came in. Um, that was one of our best chances. Adrian Ragatin, a uh, kind of quiet game, but there was one headline about him from the Moroccan um, Moist Marshmallow. It was, sweet treat, sweet feet. Baker Adrian turns apple stepovers into apple turnovers. <laughs> you guys see that? That wasn't the only um, food-related one I saw. This was from Street Vibes. Street Vibes. Street Vibes. Yeah, this was in Street Vibes. Food for thought! Free store food bank turns away Lindner's truck full of can noise. <laughs> Sorry. That's so stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Listen, folks, when you have 17, they're all perfect. We did one thing. I was of great concern. Uh, Columbus Crew was a full-strength team. They were they were really going for it. No weird lineups for them. Darlington Nagby. 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 Darlington Nagby. On the whole, I'd say, was pretty quiet. As was their whole team. Nick, for the most part, we shut down the crew, him and uh, Valerian Steele, uh, the other guy. We, sh- For the most part, we shut him down and fouled yeah, him a few did. times. Yeah, we did. And Arturo, too. And <laughs> I think that was one of the more impressive feats that we accomplished last night. I think Zardes looked as dangerous as he usually does against us uh, with a little bit of um, better defending on him and uh, a little bit of luck. I mean, he had one ball that he played right across our box to an open goal that the crew just couldn't mm-hmm. get on the end of. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's the big takeaway for me last night is that we played a team of that caliber and like you said, full strength for them. And we, we come out zero, zero draw and we looked 
I mean, especially in the second half, like we had finally got a handle on them and we were, we were, we were, we were really uh, making a, a difficult time for them. And that's, that's something to write home about. Absolutely. And there was a headline related to that. This was in TV Guide. I didn't know that it still existed. Bob Barker smiles from heaven as ineffectual Nagby is completely neutered by FCC. Did you guys see that? Let's just burn through the rest of my Yeah, I did. There was a there was a headline in Revolver magazine. Oh, which, uh, we don't get a lot of those. System of a draw. Why'd you put a point up on the table? Asks Alex Steck to band's bass player who Liz Summers assured her was actually Yapstam. <laughs> <laughs> what a ride. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Also, why'd you put a point up on the table? <laughs> no, I got it. <laughs> uh, the the plot, table. Yeah, no, I got it. I'm a big SOAD fan. Um, uh, an anger game from uh, Deplon. I like whenever he looks angry out there. But one, one takeaway, and this was from um, Charlie Hebdo. The G is for J. Defiant Tommy J twist logic to make Deplane feel sane. <laughs> uh, okay, I got two more. Let's just burn through my last couple. Uh, you know, we already kind of shit on Lacadia, and we also praised him. But this one, I thought this was a little cruel. This was from the England Examiner. A taste of Brighton. Lethargic Loca lays poached egg at ye old Nipperberry. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> this is my last one. This one <clears throat> it really has nothing to do with the game, but it just had to be. I had to be discovered. <laughs> um, this is from Cincinnati Inquirer. This is a local one. Whew, this is good, folks. Dios mio, I must have taken the wrong flight. I'm still in South America. Confused Alvaro Barriel, Sky whines as FCC informs him he's going straight to Chile. <laughs> God. Oh boy! <laughs> They're taking him straight to Chile. <laughs> Dios mio! Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Nick, let's hear your movie. Well, before we get to the movies, I wanna I wanna comment on um, Vanderwerf's a couple attempts in this game. He he had two attempts where he almost scored. Um, the last one being Medinian and playing <clears throat> that long ball in to the corner in the 89th minute, the corner of the six yard box. Uh, which Vanderwerf got on the end on, but uh, failed to convert it. And and this was from the um, the Spokane Bullhorn. Mm-hmm. VDW fails with the win derby for FCC in 89th minute with typical worthless effort. <laughs> <laughs> and I do find it odd that he was man of the match. I think people are seeing something that I'm not seeing. But uh, he was fine. We he was, he was fine. Yeah, there's yeah, one. Fucking shit! Uh, <laughs> before we get to how amazing or bad he was, Joe Jown was at the first half. He had a cross, and it was right on his head. And I think that, honestly, even more so than the save, was our best chance to score a goal. Because if he just angles out a little differently, that's yeah. a goal, baby. Uh, go ahead, Nick. Yeah, well, in, in terms of the movie, th- did you guys hear that they, they made a movie about uh, Jossie Zardes? It's called Falling Down. <laughs> Which brings me to my last headline. After the game, I guess there was some talk amongst some executives at some network somewhere. Uh, this was in the Waterloo Telegraph. Guy Fieri to team up with Jossie Zardes in new series dubbed Corners, Throw-Ins, and Dives. <laughs> uh, 
You know what? You said Guy Fieri, and I still didn't know where you're going to go with it. <laughs> I guess it should have been. I did. <laughs> yeah. Great game, though. Zero, zero. A point. We haven't scored in some godly amount of hours, but in this case, I will take it. We had to prove that we could play uh, Columbus and not get absolutely beat down. Uh, and we did that. And, you know, there's more reinforcements coming. So I'm not scared. So just got to work on the offense a little bit. Uh, let's go ahead and pick our FCC Man. of the week. We can include the Chicago game. It's not going to help <laughs> make any decisions, though. Uh, Zach, I take it VDW is not your man of the week. So who do you have? No, and I'm not I'm not hating on him. I was just surprised. <clears throat> Joe Jow is going to get it again for me. Joe Jow, Joe Jow. Nick, do you have anything controversial? No, I mean, I think Zach makes a good case. I think Joe Jow, I mean, he's just been a, the shining point on our, our team in the last, I mean, essentially since MLS's back tournament for me. Um, but I will say, when you're losing 3 nothing in a shitty game, in a different city, and it's just one of those miserable outings. And for you to be a player that shows that you really give a fuck and you're going as hard as you can to the 90th minute, I'm gonna I'm gonna submit that we think maybe maybe Frankie maybe Frankie's a player of the week. Hey, you're not gonna find an argument with me. I've got his portrait painted on my mantle. It's not weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Frankie had a lot of responsibility. This game, especially for such a young man. And uh, overall, I don't remember anything too bad happening on his watch. And uh, he had those moments in the second half. But I also I feel like he's won it. I feel like Joe Jow's won it. Zach had more passion, though. Nick, you f- felt like you were hedging. So we'll give it to Joe Jow. You are this week's FCC man. of the week. And every week, like I said in my tweet, um, not so fast, Barial. Uh, anything else from the games of the week as we move on? Next game is, I don't know, I think it's soon, right? They're coming fast and furious. We're playing a team that we've probably already played in this past week. Wednesday, I think. Wednesday, clicking the schedule, scrolling down, doing my job, looking now. Wednesday, Chicago Fire. Oh, baby, they have the team that just thwarted us. Comes to the nip. 7.30 Wednesday. Nick, you first. Predictions. Are we going to get revenge or are we going to get half revenge and another draw? We're going to we're gonna get revenge. We're going to win this one 2-1 to one with a goal by Loka. Oh, wouldn't that be just special? Zach, what say you? It's important. Yeah. Sounds good. Wow. Real free thinker here. <laughs> I say 1-1 one, one draw. Another fantastic point. And this time, we got a goal. And it's from one of our defenders on a free kick or something stupid. (laughs) Maybe an own goal. Can't wait. All right. Oh, folks, I'm just hearing now. Last night I put out the bat signal for uh, people to call in 341-tone for our 100th episode. You know, something special. Something people could really get behind. I got one call. I hate our fans. (laughs) Did you think I was talking to everybody but you? person listening right now oh they didn't want me to call yeah i did okay episode 100 thought it would be special guess what it's not but one group of guys did call in and i'm so happy to hear from them i haven't heard from these guys since that 7-1 absolute beating we took to minnesota united uh our friends in the loony bin called in and gave us a very special 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 message hey there knifey fellas oh it's your it's your boy Jorn! Some call me Jorn. No one could be sure. I uh, just wanted to wish you congratulations on an absolutely icy 100th episode. I got my buddy uh, Gare here from curling. He just got off the, the curling board and he's got something to say. Gare! Hey, it's Gare Bear here, boys. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I, I want to. I want to congratulate you all down there. Uh, you know, you guys have taken a couple lumps with your team there. Not uh, not really getting the results that you need. Uh, but uh, you know, keep up the good work. And um, I'll go. I have to go get back with my Irish mom now. <laughs> Talk to you later. Ando, uh, you've been a you've been a knife fan since day one. How's it feel? Ando, yeah. For sure. How's it feel now to be at uh, the century mark with these fellas? Yeah, for sure. Uh, congratulations, boys. A uh, hundred. Nothing to <laughs> scoff at. Um, what else can I say? I, I don't know. How's the summer Yarn. been at Otter Tail Lake? Uh, a little chilly, but uh, what is that? Is that a bear, Gare? Uh, it's not a... It's, it's not... <laughs> Not a bear. No, it's not a bear. It, it's it's an injured fox. A what? It's an injured, injured, it's an fox. In, injured fox. He got he got caught in one of my traps, boys, and uh, I'm pretty concerned about the little fella. Um, I'm gonna go try to release him a little bit right now, and um, if you hear any more sounds, it's definitely not a dog. Well, you know the rules at Red Lake Falls. When there's an injured fox, you got to put him down with your bare hands, Gare. So uh, if you want to do that or off air, I understand. Or a boot. Yeah, or a boot to his to his skull there. Uh, well, Gare's gonna take care of that fox, and uh, he'll be cleaning off of his uh, his boot for a while. But uh, yeah, so this is the Looney Bin guy saying, "Congrats on a hundred. At least somebody cares about you." All right, um, rise together, ice together. Wow, fantastic! Love hearing nice from guys. <laughs> really nice guys. Uh, I'll tell you what, the Gare guy seems like a bit of a psychopath. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> no one accidentally kills a fox at uh, Red Tail, Red Lake Falls. Uh, Kevin, it's time for your 100th, but probably closer to your 50th episode edition of, uh, you know what it is. Play the song. Kevin's in the last your time starts right now okay nobody actually cares what's going on in the rest of the league so let me take my minute to say thank you to jonah and to a much lesser extent zach and nick for giving us klr this has been an awesome podcast to listen to it has made being an fc cincinnati fan so much more fun uh, a little known fact in the world is that the pride was actually in the process of creating a podcast we had recorded two episodes we're ready to release them and right before we did klr went live and we just gave up and deleted it because nothing was going to beat what jonah had put together i have filled in for jonah once and the amount of work that this guy puts in for free is incredible so jonah uh thank you for this um you're not gonna hear this until you're ready to mix down because i always get these super late to him but uh congratulations i know you've wanted to quit plenty of times who hasn't uh, it's been a lot of work but it is very much appreciated so thank you for doing this 99 episodes out oh baby fantastic perfect love it for episode 100 it was exactly what i wanted all right now it's time final segment of the century <laughs> that works it's hopefully zach 100 episodes yeah, what's up? what an absolute journey did you ever think after that first episode we'd still be here still kicking no i didn't uh remember how hard we celebrated episode 30 
I think we celebrated episode 30, episode 50, much harder than episode 100. Such is the times, such is the times. Nick, you There's a lot going on. This is my uh, first episode with a heart monitor on. It's really creeping up out to my son. <laughs> Who could blame him? I can't even see you, and I could barely stand to listen. Nick, the first three numbered episodes, I believe, you weren't even a part of. It seemed like you would never show up. We'd say there's two other members of the podcast. Just wait and see. At that point in your life, are you thinking, am I ever going to be a part of this? Certainly not episode 100. I think I was part of the, the second episode, The, the Truth About you Tommy. Were. It wasn't you a were. numbered episode, though. Oh. oh. It might have been. <laughs> I, I, did not, I did not anticipate this getting to 100 episodes. And I certainly didn't anticipate me being here with you guys still at 100 episodes. Quite a feat. Quite a feat. What do you Congrats. think? What do you think? 100 more? <laughs> well, no, I guess the, <laughs> the question is to you. What do you think? <laughs> oh, it seemed, you know, I, I was ready to throw in my mics, but uh, it just seems wrong to exit on such a bizarre, strange season. It'd be like we we're going out with a whimper. Can't have that. We might as well see the new stadium through, you know? We got to make it to the new stadium with the boys. Make it to the promised land. Uh, I stand corrected. Uh, Tyler, Tommy, and the Truth is listed as episode two. So apologies, Nick. Accepted. Eli wasn't even born for the first episode, Zach. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was crazy. Two, now, now he's two. five. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> he predates FCC. Um, Nick, give me, I know you don't have anything, you know, specific. <sighs> is there a favorite memory that sticks out from this 100 episode absolute canon we have the criterion collection well i think for me the most exciting mm. time was when we were trying to like essentially secure an mls spot mm. that was such a crazy time not just with like the podcast but like just our texting and like on twitter it was just such a wild time because it felt like every five seconds there was some new piece of information which 90 percent of the time it was complete worthless bullshit but we would get all excited about it, and uh, just remember that being a very, a very electric time. And uh, yeah, looking back, I think, uh, <laughs> I, th- I think it was also new that that excitement was just, I don't know, it was just, it was, it was a really cool, really cool part. I'd, now, in terms of like an actual episode, nothing really sticks out. <laughs> I don't know what that says about <laughs> what that says about this. They run together a little bit. Yeah, we it's were felt. It's felt like work for about a y- year and a half. <laughs> And you don't even have to fucking and do I don't anything. have to do it. <laughs> yeah, it ebbs and flows. There'll be times where I'm like, oh, what a joy it is. What a joy. What a privilege. And other times I'm like, what is, what's the point? <laughs> what is the point of all this? And of course, much like everything, there's no point to anything. There's no point to the games. There's no point to following soccer except the occasional joy. And I hope that's what I we're think, all about. Um, sorry, my favorites are episode two, um, our all music special episode and um, the Looney Bin and the uh, Columbus Away car episode. Yeah, that was a fun episode. <laughs> you were pretty drunk, I think, Nick. <laughs> That's why it was so fun. <laughs> uh, the first, sorry, Nick, you weren't a part of this one. The first uh, road episode on the way back from Atlanta was a good one because the unbridled joy we were feeling at that time when the world was in front of us, Koch was a good coach. 
Lamar was God. <laughs> Kenny was the hero. Uh, you know, we had it all there in front of us. So those are the times. And we were peaking. That's when the podcast, the, the Portland game, our numbers, it was like going up like Everest, the curve of the numbers. And we, we hit that point. It, hap- it coincides with the point of the team. And then things dropped off the cliff. <laughs> back to moderately respectable numbers but uh, as the team goes so goes the podcast uh, people don't just come for us no matter what they actually want to listen more when sec is good isn't that a weird thing uh but yeah good times how about favorite enemies we've had we've had a few over the years we've had dat dude early on some would say uh cold war with cst liz Koch. lettuce well i, I still hope lettuce dies mr pac-man Nick, <laughs> we've made fun of a lot of people. Who have you really gotten a kick out of? Well, Detroit City was was extremely fun because um, <clears throat> that was such a nasty interchange between our fan base and their fan base um, for quite some time leading up to that, that Open Cup game. I will say one of the funniest things was the Skeleton Gloves video that you made, which I have watched repeatedly because it's fucking hilarious. So... Definitely, definitely that because of the fact that we ended up beating them four to one. That that's probably that, probably them because they deserve it the most. They're the biggest bunch of assholes I've ever met. So Zach, what about you? I mean, that that dude's got to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but he kind of faded out. He had a kid <laughs> <Yeah>, and <true. laughs> stopped caring. Yeah, I don't know. I've got some in mind right now, but they're not really public rivals. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long hundred episodes. Uh, really, come full circle. We. I think all that's left is to have Alan Koch on the podcast. I'm sure that's what he's been waiting for. I'll tell you what, looks like he's not doing too hot at his new uh, Colorado Springs. It turns out he's total shit. (laughs) I'm actually looking forward to that FCC uh, faux 30 for 30 to see uh, how much they get into uh, the Kochness. Have you seen the trailer for it? No, I don't. So many times Tommy G's company puts out these videos and tries to make things seem all dramatic, and it really kind of drives me up the wall. I don't really like to support anything he's involved in. I think I really do hate his guts, to be honest. Don't pull any punches. <laughs> well, it started with his kids standing up in front of everyone every every single game um, with no one telling them to stop. And uh, it's just escalated since then. Well, hopefully if so, we get first row, that'll no longer be an issue. Like, oh, God, Tommy G's kids are hanging from the rails in the front of the mezzanine. <laughs> I'm going to bring my binoculars and find them. Uh, absolutely. What's the future hold? God, kind of already covered that. Uh, Nick, not predicting episode 200. How do you feel about my um, desperate plea to make it to the new stadium along with the boys in blue? I think it's an obligation for us at this point. I mean, we've come so far. We might as well get to the, as I say, the promised land and experience it and disseminate our musings on that new stadium to to the public. I think it's a responsibility. I bet I know what we're going to say. We like it. <laughs> You're right on top of the action. Uh, Zach, is that, a, is that a worthwhile goal? Yeah, if we can make it through this uh, next offseason, sure. Could make it this through. one was rough. <laughs> but it was a rough time in the world, yeah. But there's been times either the fan base is too upset about a game or just the online happenings are not to my liking where I'm like, I want off this ride. <laughs> I don't want to be part of this conversation anymore. Even if I'm not directly involved, I just want to like, just like put it over in a bin and just be a a fan that doesn't interact with anyone because sometimes I don't know what it is. I don't know what's unseemly about it. Not even like the Dave Flexner type stuff, which is its own thing, but just like, uh, I don't know. 
it's just bizarre. Sometimes you just don't want to be associated with it <laughs> for unexplained reasons. But the beat goes on. And so do we do. Zach, speaking of making it to the new stadium, why don't you tell everybody about your new fancy vest you're wearing that's hopefully going to keep you going to the stadium. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what happened was I thought it went on the right side. I thought that's where I needed to shave. And I was wrong, so then I had to shave the other side, and then I just had a, a hairy belly. Dude, nobody so knows I, what you're talking about, you know. <laughs> well, I'm getting there, okay. so then I had to shave that. I'm, <laughs> it's all to stick on this heart monitor, so I'm itching like crazy. If you've seen the Seinfeld muffin top episode, um, <laughs> very much feel that way. So I've got this heart monitor because I have a giant hole in my heart, and they're trying to decide if they want to plug it up or not. I would like them to, so I'm trying to trigger my heart to... Uh, get wacky while i'm wearing this monitor so they see things are not all good inside of my body fcc will do that am i right oh yeah it's a roller coaster uh that cat's really gonna send you over the edge oh that's uh, a cat i thought that was a monitor no it is god i, I hate this cat so much <laughs> nick you got anything to compete with wearing a heart monitor yeah well what about the uh real salt lake owner i mean that's kind of a hot topic issue right now yeah you're telling me off air you're pro owner <laughs> yeah they just released their uh their, he's selling the team really yeah it's going it's going down the poor guy he'll make out with 300 million and the respect of most people in utah still probably let's be real <laughs> sorry What's, Utah. Uh, what, what, what i read he uh he had like bought like a 1.3 million dollar coin collection or something is this he's like apparently uh like an avid coin collector it's all relative so I, just, I don't really mean anything by that. It just sounds like something someone would say. It's all relative. Uh, yeah, he did. So that got thrown off every time they're talking about furloughing uh, Real Salt Lake employees. Immediately, the first thing that come up is the fact he spent $1.3 million on a coin. But listen, rich people spend uh, tons of money on dumb shit all the time, so that shouldn't be surprising. And they're also stingy with their money. That also shouldn't be surprising. But during all this, I was just hoping uh, nobody asked Carl Lindner his thoughts on anything. Well, I think he would be way smarter than this guy, and he uh, doesn't know how to speak without a teleprompter. It was still like, just don't give me a, don't ruin this, much like the podcast. Let us get into the stadium before anything else, anything else like that happens. All right, let's just get, let's get the hell out of here, okay? Let's end, let's, let's end episode 100 on a whimper. That's what we should do. Uh, Nick, final thoughts on the week that was one point out of a possible six. But you know what? Shit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not much to say. The Chicago game was terrible, but the Columbus game left me with a little bit of revived hope. So I'm hoping they can build off of it and uh, start scoring some fucking goals, man. I'm ready for Mocha Joe. Get that guy over here. For real. Zach, same question, different hey. answer. Excuse me, what was the question? Oh, sum it all up for us. <laughs> um, Wrap it up. Put I, got, I got nothing. Sorry. I'm very distracted. Does Eli want to say anything before we go? It's episode Eli. 100. What do you want to say? Uh, he's chanting FCC and beating a drum. Would you get your butt over here? Arlo in the car the other day was like, CCC is going to win. And I was like, do you mean FCC? He was like, no, CCC. I was like, FCC. He was like, no, CCC from the bike race. I was like, oh, <laughs> they're watching the Tour de France. I'm like, it's FCC, you idiot. And he's like, no. One of the jerseys was FCC. Eli, can you see me? I don't know how you keep the phones, Zach. No, you gotta answer. Yes? You got anything to say? What? To, to all our fans? I mean, what?
Um, say keep listening to the podcast or my dad will cry. He's a numbers <laughs> guy. <laughs> Eli, hey, school starts tomorrow. I'm gonna call off work. How about you, John? I'm I'm stoked. I have to actually like pay attention because he's like off and on this iPad six different times a day. So yep. it'll be a real treat. Amelia, what's good? FCC forever, KLR forever, or until the stadium, episode 100 forever. Nick, say a word. Hi. Zach? Bye. God bless. Into the future. That dude. That dude. <laughs> <laughs>